If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Tough and Yeti. A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. It's no secret Yeti has some of the best and most durable gear out there. But when it came to hydration, they previously didn't have a great backcountry solution. Well, that all changed with their new Yonder water bottle. My Yonder covered the backcountry all across the West last season while chasing mule deer, elk, caribou, and more. It's about 50% lighter than their insulated Rambler, but still has that Yeti toughness. The best part is they've now got them in four different sizes, so you can pack the bottle perfectly fit for your hunt. To top it off, there's also great options for customization. You can check them out now at yeti.com. Welcome back to the Live Wild Podcast, everyone. You know, we're deep into hunting season right now, and one of the topics that I keep bringing up is around mental toughness. And I attribute a large portion of my success to being able to manage my mindset in the mountains. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a long solo backcountry hunt in the wilderness, maybe a special tag that took years to draw, or for you whitetail hunters, waiting on a particular buck sitting all season. They all require a bit of grit to get them done. And for me personally, a lot of my success is just being persistent enough to get an opportunity. And if I mess up, being able to keep going and saying, yeah, I can do one more ridge even though I'm completely exhausted or lacing up my boots in the morning and knowing that I'm going to get drenched in bad weather when all I want to do is stay inside and stay dry. It's continuing to hunt when the hunt might be falling apart or just keeping your head in the game when you're running out of days and haven't seen what you're looking for. The mental aspect of hunting is huge and often the deciding factor in success. Whether you're alone or with other people, the right mindset and attitude goes a really long ways. So this week, I'm going to be breaking down some of my tricks to mental toughness, combined with some anecdotal stories from my experiences. This week, we're going to look at my mental toughness tricks, including using past experiences, conquering fear, testing your limits, self-reliance, and building that mental toughness muscle. So let's dive in. I learned a long time ago that, you know, being in the mountains, being a hunter, you're often put in situations that are more difficult or different than everyday life. Especially when I started hunting alone and doing big backcountry hunts or guiding and, and continually hunting day in and day out, things got hard. There was tough days. And the thing that I found for myself personally that caused my success to just skyrocket was essentially 
a mindset shift, you know, being mentally tough, being able to go in day in and day out and kind of keep my head in the game. I've said this many times, you know, for, for me personally, it's like success comes when that intersection of persistence and luck come together. Of course, there's skill and other things involved, but a lot of the hunts that I've been on, it's like, I shoot a lot of animals on the last day and I, I want to be hunting as hard on the last day as I am on the first day. And for a lot of people, they could physically do it, but their mind kind of tells them that they can't and they give up or they don't hunt as hard or, or things start to fall apart in the hunt. And so when you're on these type of hunts and it's, it's a grind, you're grinding it out. I kind of come up with, I think for me, it's just the way that I do things. And I really wanted to break down for those of you listening, okay, how can I apply this to my life? And there are a lot of the things that I think, you know, people that are mentally tough in whatever avenue they're doing, whether it's in business, whether it's in, you know, rock climbing, sports, professional athletes, whatever it happens to be, you know, it can be used in a lot of different areas of your life. But for me, these are just some of the things that I notice that I do to kind of keep going, to keep that motivation, to keep my head in the game, to to really just focus on the task at hand and get out and just essentially keep grinding. The first thing we're going to talk about is past experiences. Now, I think that there can be long-term past experiences and then short-term. So we'll kind of go into this. And, and this is something, you know, I was on a hunt recently with one of the guys that went on this last Alaska trip with me. Now, I'm very fortunate. I've had a lot of different experiences in the backcountry, different, I, I mean, I've had, I've seen <laughs> a lot of different things in the backcountry, I guess is a good way to put it. I've been in a lot of crazy situations. I've seen extremely bad weather, you know, like just wind and rain. And I remember when I was actually, well, I'll get back to the other story, but I, I was at, when I was in BC, and I was hunting stone sheep and the wind started to pick up and it started to rip. Well, I, I live somewhere that's windy all the time. Like I'm used to winds. Like 30 mile an hour winds, is it, that's, a, that's a pretty stiff wind. And the wind this particular day was probably that. And a couple of the guys that were with me were like, wow, this is horrible. And I'm like, it's just wind. It's not even that bad. But I could see people's minds like starting to focus on the wind and how bad it was. And I'm like, well, let's just continue to get out here on it. It's just wind, right? Like I'm like, I live in this wind every day. I see wind all the time. It's not that bad. I, and, and I kept thinking about, I actually had a hunt in New Zealand where it was actual like gale force winds, 70 mile an hour sustained winds. Plus it was like a, I guess it would be a cyclone that was coming in. Came, I think from Antarctica area and was blasting. I was on the West coast of uh, New Zealand. That's just like the worst place for weather. And it was, we were, I was just getting hammered with the wind and it was gusting up to 120 miles per hour. Like the wind was so strong that it would blow me onto the ground and just very dangerous. And I, it was my only day to hunt tar for myself. And I was going to get a bull tar. I was like, I, I don't care if now, obviously you, you want to do things within reason. You don't want to do something stupid or dangerous. So I, I chose where I was going to hunt. I was like, no, I'm not going near cliffs. I'm not trying to climb up any saddles, right? I'm going to, I don't want to get blown off the mountain and die, but I, I do want to get out there and hunt. And my thought was, it's probably, I'm never going to see anything, but it was my day to do it. And I wanted to take a tar. And so, you know, I went out in hunted. And it was like, okay, the wind sucks. I put my sunglasses on, like everything's flapping around. I tried to put my straps, like 
tucked in my pack so it wouldn't blow off. And and I hunted and I hiked and I kept getting blown over by the wind. You could like hear those those big gusts like loading like a train. It sounded like a train was coming down the, the canyon. You could just hear it coming. Like, all right, time to sit down before I get knocked over. And it was insanely bad wind. I, it's the worst wind I've ever experienced. And on a trip in different country where I'd experienced this really bad wind, I, my mind kept going back to, it's like, dude, I've, I've done worse. Like I can, I can handle it, right? It's, it's just this mindset of like, this isn't even that bad. You want to see bad, here's bad. But pulling from those past experiences helps you kind of gain perspective of like it can all it's it's a weird way to look at it but it's like it's it can always be worse and that's looking at long term so so past trips one of the guys that was with me on my doll sheep hunt this year in alaska it was a hard hunt and he was one of the guys that was filming it uh max and and he was like we were just on a a recent hunt and on this particular hunt i'll tell the story like the full hunt story a different day but on this particular hunt if you hunt with me I, I think there's like this assumption. I don't know if it's an assumption. I don't really think that I hike that far, but I tend to hunt pretty hard. And at the end of the day, we put on quite a few miles. Like I, uh, we went on a elk hunt together and I was like, yeah, it'll be a super easy hunt. Like it's kind of a gentleman's type hunt, you know, rolling country. And I happened to find like the worst steep country and every day we were doing 15 plus miles. He's like, I thought this was going to be an easy trip. I was like, this is easy. This is great. And so he he kept saying like, no matter what I do in life, it, I, I always think back of like, it's not as hard as Alaska. It's not Alaska. At least it's not Alaska. Like our Alaska trip was pretty rough. Bad weather, lots of miles, lots of elevation gain. And so he was just using that past experiences and we ended up on our desert sheep panel. I, I do want to tell this full story later, but it was a day where we put in about 10 miles and we thought that the day was going to be over. And then we put it in another additional eight to nine miles. So it was a 19 mile day. And at the end of the day, he's like, you know, I just know better now. He's like, I, I know not to expect something to be easy. And honestly, it's still not Alaska. Like that was his motivation to just keep going. And it, and it is a really good motivator of thinking of past experiences. And you could use something like, okay, you're, you're out hunting and it's a, it's a long day, but you have done hikes or scouting or other hunts where you did more miles. And you're like, Hey, I, I've done more. I've done, I've done better. Now, past experiences don't just have to be long-term. One of the motivators that I use on a really tough hunt, let's say it's a, a, a long solo hunt. And, you know, on solo trips, I, I've done my fair share of solo hunting in, in remote locations and around the world. I, I, I did a month in South Africa, essentially alone. And, and I've done, you know, multiple long trips in other countries and New Zealand and the Southern Alps in New Zealand. And there's kind of this thought of like, you know, when you're by yourself, you can kind of get complacent and not necessarily push yourself because you, there's no one to, to push you, but there's also no one to hold you back. And sometimes it, it just gets, you know, when you get by yourself, sometimes you like, you're like, ah, I, I don't know, you get this like complacency in a way. It's very easy. It happens very easy. And obviously, look, when I'm talking about these things, I'm, I'm saying within a, a safe, safe parameters, right? But one of the things that I do a lot is not just a past trip because sometimes you're on a trip and it's like this is a hard this is that, that this is the trip that i'm going to reference in the future but you're using short-term past experiences like yesterday you, you think about 
know, even like, let's say you're on a hard sheep hunt or I've had this happen, been on a hard hunt, right? And the day before you had to climb two, 3,000 foot ridges to get into where you're at and it was raining. And you're like, today, it's not raining. It's like, yes, dude, I did this yesterday. I can do it today. And not even a day ago, but you could do the past hour. I know that this is a trick that I would use while guiding. And it'd be guys that I, I know could physically do it, but I think that their minds just, their mind kind of told them like, I can't do this because they hadn't experienced anything like it before. It's like, I've guided lots of people, first time in the mountains. And it's almost like climbing a mountain is the scariest thing they've ever done. And yeah, I mean, there are, we, we go into some very steep country. And if you've never experienced that, you've been in flat ground your whole life. It's like physically they could do it, but in their mind, they're like, there's no way I can climb this mountain. You know, well, the, this past hour, you've been climbing stuff that you've never climbed before. You can, you can get up this. So even just using the past hour or the past climb, like this, you did that just 15 minutes ago. We can go another 15 minutes. You can go another minute. You can go another hour. Um, just using past experiences. Some, some, there's been for me some climbs and some hikes and some places I've been heavy pack or a heavy pack out, right? And it's like, I remember this mule deer hunt and I shot this mule deer buck and it was back in the shit. It was just so much deadfall. It was chest deep. It was like the worst deadfall I've ever experienced. And now I, I got a buck and it was a very large body buck. I mean, it barely fit the whole thing in my pack. So I've got this heavy pack and to top it off, the, the deadfall is covered in snow. And I'm like, I, I can't go back. The, the way that I came in was just, it was an all day thing, but I could drop down this one canyon and figure out another way out. And the canyon was just more deadfall. And it started to do this like sleet, rain, just wet. It, it was, I, it was miserable. Like <laughs> I was slipping, I was falling, I was fairly dangerous. But every little bit forward, I go a hundred yards and be like, okay, I made it a hundred yards. I can go a hundred more yards. And then I get that hundred yards and I was like, I made it a hundred yards. I could go a hundred more yards. I wasn't looking at the bottom. I was looking at what I did and knowing that I could do it and then just keep going. And it was a absolute grind, but I had to keep moving. Like I was soaked wet. It was just, it was a probably a bad situation in many ways, but I was in that situation. And I just kept going and kept going and took it slow and took it careful and did what I had to do to get out. And looking back, I was like, you know, I think about that buck and that hunt and it was a hard hunt in many aspects, but that pack out was the hardest part of it. And, you know, to get through it, it was like, I just had to keep thinking about the last 10 minutes. Like, okay, I can go 10 minutes more, 10 minutes more, whatever it is, you know, heavy pack out with a heavy pack. Sometimes I'll be climbing a mountain with heavy pack. It's like, all right, you go one step at a time, really. It's like, all right, I just did 10 steps. I'm going to do 10 more steps, whatever it is, wherever you're at using those past experiences, whether it's long-term past experiences or very short-term past experiences, knowing that using those experiences can propel you forward and puts you in a mental state of like, I can do this. Because the thing about mental toughness is you're encountering a tough situation and your brain from whatever your past experiences are says, I can't do this. It's time to shut down. And yet your body has the full capability to do it your brain just has to be on the same page. And so what you're doing is you're essentially tricking your brain to match what your body can do. And then at some point, you're essentially tricking your body to do what your brain can do. And 
because of that, I've been able to go further, hunt harder, be more focused in so many things in life, not just hunting. The next thing we're going to talk about is fear. Now, I think that this is one that doesn't get talked about enough amongst hunters. You know, it's like, oh, we're all tough men and we, we aren't afraid of anything. And that's not the case. You know, I get a lot of messages from people and whether it's going out on your first solo backpack trip into the wilderness, whether it's going on your first hunt for new time hunters, going into the unknown, going into grizzly country, going in on a hunt that's like, man, this is going to be difficult. Some kind of fear can creep in, whether it's thoughts of like, oh man, I don't want to go over there, right? You're fully capable and you have the skill set, but like, I don't want to go over there because uh, something might happen. And yes, something could happen, right? I'm not telling people to do dangerous stuff. I'm not saying do something beyond your, your skill set, do something beyond your limits, but I am saying like within a reasonable thing. It, these are just thoughts that people have like, even this thought of, God, I don't want, I don't want to camp out here because there's mountain lions and bears or, or whatever, right? There's certain elemental dangers. There's certain fears. There's, I mean, a lot of people even just have a fear of not being able to communicate with, with people for a day, being out of service, whatever. It's great to have your backup plans, but I think about hunts that I've done and, you know, for me having my, I, I bring a Garmin in reach everywhere I go now um, because I've got a family and I like to be able to check in if something happens. It's super handy. There, I mean, I hunted for years in backcountry places and there was no communication. It was like, hey, I'm going to be back in two weeks. If you don't hear from me in two weeks, I get, I don't know what to do. Here's, here's my boots and where I'm planning on parking. I guess come find me, you know, like that, that was just how we did it. <laughs> and it's, it's funny to think about now, but yeah, of course there was uh, thoughts of fear of, of things or whatever. One of the things that I kind of run through my head and I had a, a friend text me just, I was like two weeks ago. He's like, hey man, I'm going on my first wilderness solo backpacking hunt. He's like, I know kind of all the gear. I feel like I've got everything. He's like, do you have any suggestions? Because I'm, I'm just feeling a little apprehensive. This is the first time I'm doing something like this. Like, do you have any tips for me? And honestly, my one tip was you got to get over that fear and just dive in to the situation. You really have to just get in there and get going and focus on the task at hand. One of the things when it comes to controlling your thoughts, you know, I think a lot of people, whatever you do, in your day-to-day -day life, it's very comfortable. And then you're, you're going to go and embark on something that's new, that's scary, something that's unknown. Almost everywhere you're going, hunting is fairly unknown. Encountering situations that could potentially be dangerous. Maybe you're by yourself. Maybe, you know, it's a, it's a new experience. And so it's easy to think about all the things that can go wrong. And I'm a big proponent of when it comes to mental toughness, controlling your thoughts. You know, a thought can come in, but we don't have to dive in and give in to that thought because there's always two paths. One thing that I think about a lot, actually, my pastor said this in a sermon one Sunday, and it's something that really took hold in my mind. And I feel like kind of helped shape the way that I think about things. He's like, you know, you can either have faith or fear. They're both beliefs in the unknown. Which one are you going to believe in, right? Which path are you going to focus on? Are you going to have faith that things are going to work out? Or are you going to focus on the fear portion, all your apprehensions? 
And so for me personally, like there's, there's trips where I go and I'm like, ah, gosh, this is, you know, you, you have to take necessary precautions. That's a given. But are we going to focus on the fact that there is, let's say, I know my personal skill set. I know my abilities. I know what I can handle. And then that like, oh man, I, I'm going to think about the worst case scenario. Now I'm going to plan for the worst case scenario. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to think about also focus on the best case scenario. Yes, you can go out and you can get bad weather and not see any animals and it can be a miserable trip or maybe you're on a hunt and you aren't seeing anything and you can think about, do this hunt sucks. This hunt sucks. There's no animals out here. Or you can think about, there are animals out here. I'm out here. I'm grinding. This is awesome. Even when it sucks, being like, this is awesome. It's going to work out. Yes, you're, you're in some ways tricking yourself, but you're also in some ways, if you got two scenarios here, neither of them have happened yet. Which one are we going to focus on? We might as well focus on the one of the outcome that we want as opposed to the one of the outcome that we're afraid of. And so by focusing on that outcome, we can kind of have that thought control over the fears and apprehensions that we have. And also, I've talked about this before, but once we get our mind into that mindset of tricking ourselves for that, essentially best case scenario thought, we actually act in a different way. I've seen this happen on countless hunts where guys are out there. I've had this happen myself. I, you know, you think about like, oh, you gotta be an optimistic person. You don't have to be an optimistic person. You have to just train yourself to follow those more, like choose which thoughts you're gonna focus on. I've been on so many hunts where, God, just like, they are not going right, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> if you like looked at the highlight reel of my hunting, you go, dude, this guy, it always goes right. And half the time, that's like, those are the good days. Those few good seconds out of a large portion of time where I'm not seeing anything or whatever, like people everywhere, somebody in my spot, like just, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be anything. But the thought of, how many times people go, and I see this when I'm guiding or whatever, it's a tough week. And you're sitting there and you're telling yourself, you're like, dude, this area sucks. There's no deer in this area. There's no animals here. I'm wasting my time. I should probably just leave. And it's like, this is, you got the time to do it, right? Yeah, sometimes maybe that's the best option. I don't know. But it's like, okay, there's nowhere else to go or whatever, you're, you're in here, maybe you flew into a spot. It's like, you're getting picked up in seven days, you're hunting here, or you've hiked in and this is, this is where you're hunting. This is your hunt, whether it's a day, a seven days, whatever. And you go, man, there's no animals here. This sucks. This is not even, this is such a waste of time. Nah, this hunt sucks. Nah, there's no, no deer. I've been on plenty of hunts where I've seen no deer. But when you keep saying that there's no deer and you're focusing on never finding a deer, you glass half-ass. I do it. You do it. Everybody does it, right? Because you just, you're not expecting to see a deer. Yet when I'm on a hunt that's really tough, I actually just sit there and visualize. I'm like, I constantly tell myself, I'm going to find a giant buck. And I, I hunt a lot of areas with low densities and there is probably the potential for a giant buck. Actually, most of the places there's not, but I'm like, I am going to find a giant buck. And I am looking like I know for a fact there's a 200-inch buck in this canyon. If you and me were on the mountain and I sat you down and was like, you're going to glass this hillside. I've never seen a deer here in my life. And the odds are you won't see a deer. Um, but I want you to glass it real hard. You'd be like, all right, 
and you'd kind of look and you'd get a little fatigued and you'd probably stop glassing. But if I sat you down on that same hillside and it was like five minutes ago, the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life was on in this, came into this canyon. We got to find him. And you would be like, you would not stop looking until your eyes fell out of your head, right? And it's just, it's, it's just based off the mindset of the per- perception of what's there and what's available. And so by tricking yourself into saying like, okay, here's a perception of what's there and what's available. I, I'm going to focus in. I'm actually going to hunt harder. It's almost a, in some ways like a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're like, you're actually doing the things that it takes to find what you're looking for based off of your mindset of believing that it can happen because you're actually engaged. Now, yeah, you can be realistic and say the odds of that happening might not happen, but I'm going to look like it is. I'm going to hunt like it is possible. And when you go into it with that mindset where you choose that mindset, you, you build that toughness and that resilience to just keep going and do things harder and, and grind a little bit deeper. And the next aspect of mental toughness is the idea of your limit is unknown. Now, I, I don't know like how you find your limit, right? This can be in so many different things, right? But when you're hunting, you're like, can I do another ridge? And the answer is generally yes. Like, I, I think there are those situations where you push yourself, like you don't want to push yourself to the point where you can't get out. And that's where, you know, I've talked about, you, every time you listen to this podcast, you hear essentially a, a promotion for Mountain Tough Fitness. And the reason that I partner with them is they do a lot of things over, you know, talking about mental toughness, but you're building that mental toughness through getting in shape and getting your body ready and being prepared for the mountains. And that's, that's huge. But also this idea of really knowing what your limits, very few people know what their limit is in anything. I mean, like I was a few years ago, I was doing somebody who's like, I don't know, it was a world record for a plank or something. And I was like, I haven't done a plank in, I don't know how long. And they're like, how long do you think you can plank for? I was like, I actually don't know. And so we're like, okay, let's all plank. And so everybody planked and I just kept going and going. And then I was the last one standing and I just kept going. And even before I completely closed, like at this point, I'm not saying I was trying to break any world records, but I'm just saying I stopped before I even knew how long I could go because in order to do that, I would have to completely collapse. And I, I did this thing uh, years ago. I say that to say, you know, there, there's very few things that we do where we actually know what our limit is because most of the time we stop before we ever get anywhere close to it. So if we're kind of thinking about stopping, we can often continue to go because we don't, our, our limit is continually stretched out each time we push ourselves. One thing that I think kind of shifted my mindset on this idea of, of knowing your limit. I did uh, many years ago. I had, a, I had a TV show called Apex Predator and I've talked about this before. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. I think you can find it on online somewhere. It's in the online universe. And so on this, we were just a little recap. We we're looking at the way that animals specialize in certain things. And one of the episodes that I wanted to do was about the mammalian dive reflex. And it's where mammals essentially most marine mammals have the same reflex that humans have where our bodies physically change and allow us to hold our breath for extended periods of time. Not forever, obviously, but longer than you think. Now, as a human with a brain and thought and all this stuff, 
we kind of suppress this mammalian dive reflex. And there's people that are very good at free diving. And, and I'm not advocating you just go out and start free diving. I think you need to learn how and, and be safe with it. Because before I did this, I free dove in dangerous, dangerous ways. But I, I essentially did like a free diving course. This was awesome. It was one of the coolest things. I think that everybody should probably do this because in some ways there's, it kind of speaks to that pushing your limits. I felt like before I went in, holding my breath for 35 seconds seemed like a long time, maybe a minute. You know, I could, I could go a minute, I think. And by the end of this, I was holding my breath for fairly close to over four minutes. I can't remember the exact time, but on that particular day, the first day that I did it, um, you know, I think I've worked up to like five minutes other times and I, I don't do it all the time, but just the things that would happen, right? So you'd get in there and you essentially just had to relax your body, uh, learn breathing techniques, and then telling your mind, your body, your mind telling your body that the signals that it's sending it are not real, even though they are, you do need air, you need oxygen, but you kind of fight through this like really shitty portion of breath holds. And I don't want anyone doing anything stupid, right? Don't go like hold your breath in your bathtub for as long as you can until you pass out. Like this is under a controlled environment and with professionals and all this stuff, right? But you did hit this portion where you're like, man, I can't go anymore. And then you just continued to go longer. And it was a very cool experience because it was like very few things like that where you just, you push past these certain limits that your brain has and you go, I'm actually capable of doing a lot more. The same thing goes for hunting and other things where you go, look, you're just like, you can, you know, you can, but your brain's like, I don't want to go any further. And not that I'm not talking about putting yourself in a bad situation. I'm just saying like, there's a lot of people that, you know, when you're at your, or like, okay, I, I physically actually can't, but I'm talking about when your brain's like, I don't really want to go over that other ridge, even though, you know, elk are across the Canyon. I've done it before as well right? I've, I've seen elk. I've had a long day. I know that and I got, was like, oh, end of the day, uh, I can make a, a rush at these elk across the canyon. I'm like, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> Not because I can't do it. It's just like my brain's like, I don't want to go over there. I don't want to go over one more. And then I got to climb back up here and you make all these excuses and you don't go. And then there's times where I, I try to push that aside and go, okay, I know I can go over there. I know it's going to suck. I just have to embrace this suck because my, I'm not even close to my limit. I don't even know what my limit is. I don't necessarily need to find out what my limit is. Like, I think if you figure out what your limit is and out hunting, you, you're hitting the SOS button and that's a really bad situation to be in. I don't want that. But I do know that I can continue to go and I know that I haven't hit my limit. So I'm just going to keep going. On the toughest hunts I've ever been on, I've never been anywhere remotely close to my limit. And I, I hope that I, I, I never will be remotely close to my limit. But there are those instances where it's like, I can go over there. I know I can go over there. Right now my brain's like, I don't want to go over there. It's going to suck, but I do it. And when I do it, that's when I find my success. That's when I, I put in that extra work because that's what's necessary oftentimes, especially on hard hunts and hard days. You just tell yourself, it's like, okay, I can do it. I, I don't know my limit. I, I'm not even anywhere near this unknown limit. I just know that it's going to suck and I'm just going to suck it up and do it. The last thing is self-reliance. Now, for me, as a guy that I've built my career, essentially got my start doing 
solo hunter and solo hunting. And that's the way that I did a lot of hunting. Now I did a lot of guiding, but I also hunted alone a lot. And because of that, I became very, I don't know, very woodsy, I guess, like very sufficient in situations with limited things. And through that, I developed a lot more confidence and a lot more self-reliance. Now there's people listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, I, maybe I don't ever need to, they don't ever need to solo hunt. Maybe they're just getting started hunting. But relying on the skills and skill sets that you know you do have. And I think some of that comes from the things that we've talked about, those past experiences, the thought control, and just really gathering like what you're good at and, and continually learning more. But being able to rely on yourself in many situations. Now, this could be if you're with other people and it's a hard hunt, right? And you're like, okay, it's all on you. That, just the thought of that, right? It doesn't matter if you're with other guys or whatever. Maybe those guys are doing really good. Think about like a, a trail of five people walking and there's the person in the back and generally like in a standard situation, like that's the person that's walking the slowest. And then the other people are, you know, maybe there's a guy in the middle that's, maybe two of them are further back and then the first three are, are faster. And so they're walking and hiking and it's easy for them and they're laughing and they're enjoying the trip. And the two guys taking up the back are struggling. It's like, this sucks. Their mindset's like, this sucks, okay? And every time they get to the people in front of them, those people move off. It's like, those people are fully arrested and these people get there and they're just like continually degrading and degrading and degrading. And it doesn't matter if there's people around or whatever, you have to essentially have some form of self-reliance to get yourself where you need to go. I think that understanding what you're capable of for yourself and then relying on that and just continually thinking about like, okay, this is what I can do. I know that I can do more. I'm, I'm applying all these other experiences because nobody can do it for you. You know, the people that are, you know, sometimes when you're in a group, right? I like to be the guy that, that peps people up and, and gets you going. As a guy, like I feel like my, one of my best traits is being able to push people to continue to go using mental toughness tricks that they can relate to. But I think that the best option is to be able to do these mental toughness tricks yourself. Because the guys in the back that are like, this is just absolute shit. This sucks. Has a different mindset than the guys in the front. And it is going to be definitely harder for different people, right? But by tricking themselves and, and using a few tricks and other things, it's like they can change that mindset and continue to push on because that they can push on. And so I think, you know, going into the field, whether you're with other people or whatever, knowing this stuff ahead of time is why I like to talk about this kind of stuff. And then saying like, okay, I'm going to rely on myself to pet myself up, to maintain my mental toughness. Sometimes it's easier to be mentally tough when you're with other people because you're like, you see other people doing it. But also it's easy to drag down. I've been in hunting camps or hunting on the mountain with people where it's like one person starts to nosedive into this like quagmire of this place sucks. This hunt sucks. This hunt's hard. I can't do it. I can't go another ridge. We need a helicopter. What are we doing here? Well, right. And it drags everybody else into the shit pit is what I like to refer to it as. Yet 
I think if everybody takes the responsibility to be that person, that's, hey, I'm going to be mentally tough. I'm going to figure this out. We're going to keep going. When it sucks, we're just laughing in the face of like the suck. We're embracing the suck. It, it starts to lift the people up. You Now, whether you're alone, whether you're with other people, having that form of self-reliance, relying on yourself for those types of things and not relying on your hunting buddies or the other people around you to build that mental toughness, the entire group, everybody is doing better and will do better and you yourself will do better. Now, the last thing when it comes to mental toughness is like you can listen to this podcast. You can listen to 10,000 podcasts on mental toughness. You can look at every video. You can read every self-help book. You can do all of that stuff. And until you get out there and do things that suck, you, you can't build that muscle because learning about it and doing it are two completely different things. You could have your PhD in mental toughness and just absolutely crap out when it comes to doing something hard. And I think that that's in every situation. You really have to build that muscle because at some point it just becomes your lifestyle and the way that you you do things. And so finding things that are difficult to do and continuing to do those difficult things, whether it's in the off season, whether it's during the hunt, you know, continually in some ways pushing yourself, making yourself uncomfortable. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be little things. It could be easy things, e easy things to get into that are difficult. For me personally, you know, it's, it's building that muscle on different hunts over the years, you know, applying different tricks and tactics of like getting my mind into the right headspace and, and continuing to push on. And then just putting myself out of my comfort zone, being uncomfortable. I think that one of the things that I've said for years is for me hunting, when you figure out how to be comfortable being uncomfortable, that's when you find success. Well, I hope you guys really enjoyed that podcast. I think that if we are to not talk about the mental aspect of being in the backcountry, doing these difficult hunts, especially for those of you that are going into it for the first time, you might listen to this podcast. You're like, dude, I, this is, now I'm scared to do it. I'm like, I don't know how to do all this kind of stuff. It's just good things to talk about. I, I think that if you look at the people in the Western hunting space or, or big mountain hunting, this type of hunting, even the people like the whitetail hunters or the guys that are continually successful, they all have something in common. And I think that that commonality is this persistence factor and keying into that mental toughness aspect. And it's one of those things that if you don't prepare for it, you get caught off guard and you can absolutely ruin a hunt uh, or put yourself in a bad situation or whatever. These are all things that I think need to be talked about, need to be practiced, need to be need to be learned. And it does make you a better, more successful hunter. I think that these are the type of things that if I'm to look at what I do and why I've been successful over the years, these are probably the more important things than some of the other tactics. Because if you're, you're able to grind it out, you're able to be persistent, you're able to kind of get in and, and keep going, you're going to learn all the other stuff along the way, <laughs> much like I have. I've made plenty of mistakes. I've, hunt, I've made, been on plenty of hard hunts and I've eked out a lot of success over the years. And now, you know, I, I think that success comes a lot easier than it did when I was first starting out. But also I feel like some of this stuff that, these aren't things that somebody taught me. These are things that I've learned by spending thousands of days out in the wild and just having to, to do them to get by. This is just the, the way that I live. And I think a lot of people that have that continue 
continued success also adopt a lot of these things, whether they notice it or not. But, you know, talking about it, recognizing the things that help and are important in my mind, I think can overall make you a more successful hunter. You know, the, the topic of mental toughness, there's, there's podcasts dedicated to this kind of stuff. And if you guys are interested in more information or just like, you're like, this is, this is a factor that I just haven't even thought about, you know, Mountain Tough, awesome sponsor of ours, awesome partner of ours. When you go on their app, Mountain Tough Fitness app, there actually is a section that talks all about mindset, talks about mental toughness. There's a course on there. We've, we've talked about it in the past, but you know, maybe you've missed those episodes. And I just think that that's, it's a really good benefit add. And then going through that course and doing the Mountain Tough program is a really good way. It's like, I don't even know how to build mental toughness. Working out's a, an incredible way to be able to do that because it's difficult. It sucks. There's lots of parts of doing something physical that can be uncomfortable. As always, you guys can use code LIVEWILD. Get a free trial if you just want to go in there and, and check some of the mental toughness stuff out. It's an awesome asset that we do for you guys. I'm very fortunate to be partnered with them for this kind of thing because when we talk about this kind of stuff, I like having those additional resources for you. And then the other thing, when you're talking about being mentally tough, being physically capable, you know, another amazing partner of ours, Wilderness Athlete, I really can't stress enough how well their products adapt into this style of hunting. The style of hunting that I'm talking about and people that listen to this podcast, there's a lot of tactics that I think are very important, but being able to physically keep going and do those tactics justice is just as important. You know, Wilderness Athlete has products that I've used for years. This is not like a, I say that they're a sponsor of the podcast. It's more of like a company that I've just loved their stuff for so long that I, I like to talk about. So it's like, hey, you guys want to be a, sponsor of the podcast some air quotes there um you know but i i think one of the things that i do in some ways rely on making sure that my body's fueled in a particular way they've got their pack out bars their hydrate and recover their energy and focus i use those things and sometimes there is this mental trick of like whether i don't think it's a it, it's just like knowing that i have that like there's a certain part of the day where i start to drag and it's like i give myself that energy and focus or I'm extremely dehydrated and I'm like, okay, I don't know what my limits are, but I'm getting pretty damn close. And now I'm like, I feel like I'm taking care of my body in a way that I can continue to keep going. This last week, one of the guys that guides for me was packing out. I mean, these, these guys are just, when people say the weight of their pack, I think 99% of the time it's bullshit. Like people are like, yeah, it was a hundred pounds. I'm not, everybody's pack was over 150 pounds. And I know that because like two hindquarter, like essentially a, a full elk, everything but the head and maybe a back strap. And he ran out of water at like 11 a.m. and got just severely dehydrated, feeling like crap. Used the rescue hydration mixed with hydrate and recovery. And he's like, dude, I actually feel like I'm not going to die now. And you can get yourself into some scary situations, pushing yourself to your limits. And so just having something that's like, gives you that peace of mind of knowing you're fueling your body in a particular way that's beneficial, I think is huge. I mean, there it is a very big deal to be able to, when you're pushing yourself hard, have the necessary gear and equipment and things that you need to keep going. So that's just something to think about. As always, you can use code LIVEWILD 
get a discount on most of the wilderness athlete products also have a, a live wild package if you're like hey well, where do i start this is everything that i really like is in that so you guys can check that out as well i'm just gonna say until next week get uncomfortable catch you guys later <laughs>